Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. Yeah, it's incredibly easy to use. They've got the two-tap checkout system. You purchase tickets with just two taps, Brian. It is user-friendly. That's why they call it that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, they did the counting. It came out to two, and they said, you know what? This is a great name for this checkout system. It's, it's user-friendly. It's simple. And it allows you to take advantage of the fact that right before events begin, all tickets still available, they drop those prices sometimes up to 60%. 60%. And that's how you get that, in the building yeah. at a great price. And, uh, you know, the ladies' Laker games, they are expensive. Yes, and they so are. If you've got to figure out a way to get yourself into the building on Christmas Day, or maybe uh, I believe it's next Sunday when Denver's in town, that's a good team. You're going to want that 60% discount. What else are you going to want, Andy? Game Time is now hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. And here's what you do you download the Game Time app in the Google Play or the App Store. And then you click on the My Ticket section of the app. You create an account. And then under the billing section, uh, you redeem the code The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Free money. That's the best kind of money. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019, so make moves quick and score last-minute D tickets. Yeah! Okay, welcome back to the Magic Hour here on the Forum Club at The Athletic. It's sort of like we're like the angels. <laughs> a lot of layers <laughs> to our name. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Uh, very pleased to be coming to you Sunday evening as we uh, we tend to record. Uh, and the Lakers once again win. They win their seventh straight game, their 14th in a row away from Staples Center tonight. Uh, it was this afternoon, I should say, in Atlanta. 101-96, the final score there. This one, it, it was a, another grinder, kind of an ugly game. This, this was the bread with the Orlando game and the Miami game of the awesome game sandwich or something yeah. like that, Andy. No, I follow what you're you, doing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Two bad games with a really good one in the middle, but the Lakers win all of them. Yeah, and, and it's funny, too, because like you said, Brian, it was kind of a grinder in terms of the Lakers not being able to put up points against the stout defense that is the Hawks. <laughs> Although they were at home where they've won three games leading into this one. <laughs> they've also lost three. I mean, they've also won three on the road. They're, they're pretty equal either way. But what's funny about it being ugly, Brian, was that LeBron, who you know, was back from a big jet-setting weekend, uh, he, he went down to Columbus on Saturday to watch his son, Bronny, play in a, in a game against his alma mater. We, we're going to get into that. But LeBron, you know, there have been concerns about his elbow. He had he had fallen awkwardly. We had a collision with Jimmy Butler right. a con on the controversial final play yes. of the Miami game on Friday, which was, again, to reiterate, just an awesome game. It like, was it a was, really fun game. It was so it was it's been so long since we've seen the Lakers play another like two teams, uh, both very good because Miami's legit. They've they have found enough pieces. They they are they have staying power. They're legit. Where both teams are just hyper competitive to win the game 
and just it was it was great. It was so much fun. No, but uh, as I was saying, there had been concern about whether or not LeBron would be available. You could see, like, as he was leaving the court, he, he kept playing with that elbow, and he looked like he was he was wincing. And he just was looked really uncomfortable, and you know, he said that it, it was bothering him after the game. And clearly, he managed to get through this thing because not only did LeBron play well, thirty-two points, thirteen rebounds, seven assists, three blocks. He was in straight up entertainer mode. You know, they, he ran a fast break and threw a no look backwards pass between his own legs, nutmegged himself essentially to uh, Dwight Howard on the on the run for a break. He pretended to block a layup from Rondo after Rondo faked a pass to him. And, and afterwards, I'm reading the, the fake oop. It was yeah, a fake alley oop. It was uh, a really really awesome play by Rondo. Yeah, it, it was terrific. Uh, but afterwards, uh, Bill Oram, our, our colleague over at the Athletic, um, re- reporting from Atlanta via Twitter. LeBron, I thought he should have threw the lob, so he hit me with a fake pass, so I hit him with a fake block. Rondo said later, he usually blocks my shot when it comes to that situation, but since we have the same uniforms on, you know what I mean. Yeah, it would have been really kind of a boss move if he actually did block the shot. It's like, no, you should have thrown the oop, uh, Rajan. So uh, well, If you're going to do that, then you got to chase down block. Like it, It's not good enough just to block the layup. Like He needed to pin down that block of his own guy. Like if you if you're gonna, waggle. Yeah, if you're going to do the wrong thing, go ham. Do you get cuz right if the deal is now like you can finger waggle, you can do that stuff towards the crowd. You can't if you do a player it's a taunting thing. Does that apply if you block your own guy's shot? <laughs> That's an interesting Like what question. are the rules about taunting if you're taunting your own player? Like LeBron taunts Rondo. What's I would the assume rule? it. I would assume that's not just, taunting. No, I would assume it's actually the same rule because it, it's meant to keep from escalating something. And if you're taunting your own guy, you could end up fighting your own teammate. I mean, no, we've seen, but I, I, I don't think they call the T there. I think no, I think they no, do. No, I don't. I think if you finger waggle after blocking your teammate's shot, disagree, disagree. It's there for the same purpose. You don't want to escalate something. We've seen at times teammates get into it on the sideline right, you don't get teed up for arguing on the but, sideline with with someone are no, you really do you really think they'd tee you up for taunting there or are you just being silly um i, I actually it, in this case do want to know i think it, that if you really or apply, it's just a finger waggle a finger wag i think if you if it's a finger wag and this is something that the league does not want again because i think it's the idea of de-escalating situations not wanting things to get you know too personal You've got to apply it across the board. The rules are the rules, Brian. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, I, I can't even yes and you there. Well, I mean, but here's the thing, though. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, and I'm, I'm I not think it'd really unprecedented. No, I'm not really screwing around here. Rajon Rondo is not going to be thrilled if LeBron blocks no, but, his leg. Right, but that's but that that. So in I other words, you do need to make sure that LeBron. I don't want to go too far the down the weeds of this, would, even though I'm we already dis- have. I'm not disagreeing with you that from a team chemistry standpoint, it would be the wrong move. <laughs> And that Rondo would rightly be like, dude, WTF. I just don't think you get teed up for it. I'm not recommending it. I'm not saying the outcome would be good. I think you I'm do. I'm just saying you don't get teed I up for it. I think you actually do. I do not think you get teed if, up for it. Well, And if I you mean, did, it would only be because the referee would be thinking of it like, wait a minute, I see a finger waggle. You're not allowed to finger waggle. But then he'd, he'd tee it up, and then somebody would have to call the league office and be like, should that have happened? I I actually I mean we can maybe put it out to Twitter at Cambro to see what people think. If you think. block your own shot, if you block your teammate's shot and finger wag at him, 
Should that be a technical yeah, foul? People, people make sure taunting. to hit us up uh, with your response. All right, but anyway, the, the, the takeaway I'm not saying, is, by the way, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying it should be a T. I'm well, saying it, it like will were, be a T. Because tea. the rules are the rules. Well, I'm saying it will be a T. I mean, I'm saying it should be according to the rules. I don't think it should be at all because I don't think figure wagging should be a T. Andy I don't mind it at all. I believe I in all fun. forms of taunting. Taunting, bat flipping, all of these things. Yes. Um, but the, the, the real takeaway for me is if you, you look at the, these were frustrating games for Lakers fans. I mean. Orlando's not a bad team. They're they're not a great team, but they're not awful. They've got some athletes. They've got length. They're you know they're they were an eight and four team coming into the game in their own arena. Um, again, not great, but not terrible. Atlanta's terrible. Everybody. Yes, they are. But I, I firmly believe that, particularly on the road, and particularly after a really difficult game like they played in Miami, one that you know big minutes for for both their stars and and so on. Just win. If you win, you know you can pick apart these games a little bit. It's hard to have a a bad win on the road. Some are better than others. There are some, you know. I think you know Orlando, Atlanta. Like there are opportunities to rest guys and all these things. But um, the the takeaway that I got from it, both in Orlando and I mean, for kid, what it's worth, really quickly, Frank Vogel would disagree with you. I mean, I, he he I said that. after the game, the Lakers want to have a growth mindset from this game because if they play that way in Indiana, Milwaukee, they're going to lose. lose. They're, no I question. Don't think they, I don't think they will play that way, but this team has not been above slippage or sloppiness at times. Right. You know, like most sure. high-caliber teams, they yes. tend to do on, not every night, there are some nights where they've kind of curb-stomped other Absolutely. teams and it's fine, but they do tend to... Slide, you know, put out the energy that's required to win that right. game. But I, I also that's think not unusual. That may be, but I think it would be a stretch to call this a good win. I didn't. It's not a good win in the sense of like this is like the model for how you do no, it. But I, I, I'm getting. A, I think it's okay to say that this was a bad win. I think it's actually okay. I mean, like you're not being. I think no. My like my hysterical. Point, I'm not. But that. my point is, if you go out on the road and you win, and the con, you know, especially in the context of, um, you know third game of a trip just you know friday night played a really hard game and that game took a lot out of players on that team and you win the next game there is a limit as to how much sort of angst personally i'm going to have after a game like there are a lot of things that they didn't do well in this game and that's what i'm getting at when the lakers don't shoot the three-pointer well and sunday they were five of 31 but to two of us out there we might get five of 31 they did not shoot the, they were inefficient offensively against orlando as well today uh sunday sunday afternoon against atlanta they were uh 24 33 33 from the line which is not great either no 73 percent rounding and then they turned the ball over 22 times season high they did all three of those things poorly and still managed to win the game, which is, I guess in one way is impressive. The bigger thing that I point to is it's another indication of when they don't get that either third guy or they don't get efficient three-point shooting um, or whatever it might be. They struggle. Like, it's hard. like they have to play really good defense like they did again against Atlanta on Sunday like they did against Orlando. I think it was 80, 86 points they held Orlando to. Yes. That's a tough way to live. It is. Like we see we've seen what they are when they shoot the ball really well. We've seen like and I am not one hundred percent convinced 
that this shooting is going to settle in at this like, ooh, that's pretty good, better than I expected level. And now I'm a little worried about regression and free throw shooting from anybody who's not Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, these are things that you do have to be concerned about because with the idea before that keeping everything in perspective, and I agree, the, the flip side of that, though, is you also have to keep things at the standard that they need to be judged against because winning a title is extremely difficult. Yes. And with that in mind, these these type of issues that, like you said, the free throw shooting, which is at times reflective of an issue that went along that went along the entire season last year. Right, but that to me is either you have good free throw shooters or you don't, I or mean, or you may have good free throw shooters, but they don't get to the actual line. Right, right, the ones that matter the most. I mean, LeBron was four of seven tonight. He's been he his free throw shooting has regressed a little bit. AD's been great, right around 90% all year. I'm not complaining. Danny Green is a great free throw shooter, doesn't get there very Right, that, that's my point. Is I mean, for all intents and purposes, you have two guys who go to the line regularly, you know, on a, on a game-in, game-out basis, and it's LeBron and it's Anthony Davis. Right. How many points can you theoretically afford to have those guys leave on the floor? Because those well, are Well, if you shoot point. 5 of 31 from 3, not as many. Right. I mean... LeBron I think- was 4 of 10 Sunday... Everyone else was a combined one of 20. Yeah. Or for one of 21. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a reminder as, as much as this team is clearly, the Lakers are clearly one of the best teams, one of the handful of best teams in the NBA this season. And it's not even debatable. There still can be a margin for error that comes back to bite them in the ass. Yeah. And, and there are things, habits, skill sets, whatever you want to call them that do need to be refined and do need to be focused and executed at a high level. Otherwise, at minimum, you're going to be leaving yourself vulnerable to losses. If if they had played a team that wasn't Atlanta today, they not only lose, most likely, they get their asses handed to them. I mean, the flip Mm -hmm. side is if they're playing a team that isn't Atlanta, they they may have been more dialed in. But but missing all those three-pointers was not a matter of not being dialed in. That's a matter of missing them. Right, and that, that again, that, that is sort of, a, I mean, yes, different teams defend the three-point line, but broadly, make or miss the shot is not opponent-dependent. It is sort of, do you have good shooters or don't you? And, like, I just, I don't quite know. I mean, Danny Green's not going to go 0 for 5. Yeah, I realize he's been in a bit of a slump lately. I don't care what kind of slump he's in. He's not going 0 for 5 from 3 very often. But just, again, they just it's it, it still feels like a team that hasn't earned the right to call themselves a really good three-point shooting team. And, again, we're talking about margins of error here. When the Lakers shoot the 3 well, they are almost impossible to beat. No question. So, or, know, if they ju- or if they just, you know, we talked about before, don't turn the ball over 22 times. Turn it over 13 times. Like you can do game. free throws, three point shooting, rebounding, turnover. rebounding too. But I'm just talking about I mean, those three things. You can get away with not doing well in one of those things if you do well in the other two. It's hard to be bad at all three, and very rarely will you win being as bad as they were against the Hawks in all three of those categories. But to me, just the bigger takeaway because, and it's actually something I'm writing about, uh, you know, hopefully for Monday, is like. A reminder, like championship caliber teams, this sort of game is normal. Uh, the Orlando game, which annoyed people because the Lakers were up 42 to 18 in the middle of the second quarter. And by the fourth quarter, the game was even before that, but it got more competitive. By the fourth quarter, it's a 71 all game. 
Lakers took control of that game. They ended up winning by nine, which, by the way, covered. That is not a close game in the NBA. You win a game by nine points in the NBA, that is not a close game. What it robs the Lakers of, I think, mostly are these opportunities to get LeBron 32 minutes instead of 38. Today he played 37. AD played 35. You would have liked in one of these games between Orlando and, and, uh, and, and Atlanta to have one of those games where those guys could be right. Yeah, particularly with two really tough games coming up right. against Indiana, that's against where, Milwaukee that's to on me the is, road. That, to me, is the loss. It's not the, are you building the habits? Because like, generally speaking, when they have to turn, and certainly defensively, they've established themselves, I think, pretty, pretty handily. It's those things. It's the opportunity to tinker with lineups, try something different, and give guys rest. Well, also, too, I mean, I neither of these games, the way the Lakers played, you, you had mentioned before the idea of fans getting angst from it, representing it with angst. Neither one of them gave me angst. I mean, I recognize you win the, these games. I recognize they're relative to what they've done this season. I know that they are a better team than what they showed. Right, it's also well, not abnormal. Sure, other, no, I know, you know, it's, I know other it's Milwaukee not ab- and other teams do sure, this, too. I know it's not abnormal, but I think what does matter, though, and this is why I, when I think about the way to present these games, when we talk about it and analyze them and for people listening, is you don't, you can treat it as normal, but I think, I think you see it, I try to talk about these in a lot of ways that they talk about it. You know, I, I take my cues in a lot of ways from the way they present these games. And they may recognize that it's normal, but they also recognize that it's not acceptable. And you hear them That's talk. Fair. You hear them talk about it afterwards, and I, you know I think it's it's the difference between talking about a team that truly is a championship contender, which this team is, and we've covered teams like that before, as opposed to teams that are either good but you know they're not likely to win a championship, or a team that isn't in that mix at all. So you have to grade them against very different relative standards. It's you know, just, I, yeah. I I try to think about these games in a lot of ways the way I think. They're talking about it because I also think that this is a team that doesn't filter a lot of what they're thinking about it and also doesn't talk about this stuff in a lot of you know, sort of pat cliches. Well, no, but I mean, LeBron did talk after the Orlando game, like like we asked with disappointment of this, that whatever. He's like, yeah, we, we definitely let them back in. We got sloppy with the ball. It's also the first game of an East Coast swing. And, you know, your, th- your body's not ready. You're three hours behind. It's like it's a really long season. No doubt. And I think. You know, it, it's it's not that you look at a game like this and go, all that matters is how you win matters too. And you could lose games where you play better than this Absolutely. and look at it and say, Absolutely. you know, guys, they hit 10 three-pointers that we defended perfectly and do that every time. We'll, we'll roll the dice and take our chances. That's not my point. My point is just, it, it is, it, you keep stacking up wins, winning some games that you shouldn't, occasionally losing games that you might have deserved to win. You eventually get where you're going, and it, it is. I, I think it's it, it's good. They try to keep their perspective, and if you're watching from home, you want to keep that perspective too. If it's a long season, and you don't necessarily want them playing like it's Game Seven of you know the Western Conference Finals in Game Thirty Six of the regular season. No, for no other reason too. I mean, you for, won't make it that for far. fans. You know, listening now, watching them game to game, you want to maintain that perspective just so you can get some actual enjoyment out of this, right? Because you're right, you won't have any fun. <laughs> like, it will not be fun. I can promise you, it won't be fun. Like you, I've talked about this before. You and I covered the 2009 championship team. Covering that was actually not that fun. Sucked because that team was very understandably incredibly intense. Yeah, I mean, the ending was interesting. There was interest, but like. 
There was no, there was no like, hey guys, let's enjoy the ride. No, no. no. It was in, F the ride. Yeah, it was ride, intense no. as hell. And, and oh, but also from a fan standpoint too, it's like, and, and I think Lakers fans are for the first time in a long time back in this area where you all you're projecting towards is June. Like assuming everybody stays healthy, then this team is going to be a Western Conference Finals team. Like something really weird is going to happen for them to lose in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Agreed. And so, you know, just everybody's thinking about the end game. And so the end game is, is all first world problems. How do you how do you solve this thing and get squeeze out 3% more than the other team that you might play and whatever? And so when you see this happen, like, well, two games like this, is that going to rob you? Do it, do it five more times. Where's the, where's the line where LeBron's not going to be quite as good as you want? I don't know. And there's no real quantifiable way to figure it out. But because now the expectations have changed and they are so flipping good. Um, people have different views of of what they should be from night to night. Twenty four and three, fourteen and one on the road. I mean, it, it, it's fascinating that way. One of the things, though, that that is interesting that they, to saw to fill these holes, because remember, the Lakers have flaws, and it's easy to forget the Clippers have flaws, the Bucks have flaws, so whoever the Sixers, whoever you think, every team's got a little something that, that they'd want to fix. The Lakers, though, are, are in a unique position relative to some of those other teams is because they can't really fix their problem. They have to do it internally because trades, um, and now it's December 15th. 15th so Trading like, season, open. baby. It's open. The, 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 yeah. the curtain is, is, is up. The Lakers, it's real hard for them to, to make any improvements in any way other than internally. It, it's extremely difficult. I mean, when you, when you look at what the Lakers have in assets, their best asset on paper is Kuzma, who has not played great this no, season. No, but it's still a lot. I, but it's still a pretty. But he's fight. hard to trade in terms of getting an impact guy in return because he makes so little money, makes less than two million dollars. It's hard to find a two million dollar player that can make an impact that another team would give up. Right. And then guys that you would roll into a deal with Kuzma, a bunch of those guys, theoretically at least, KCP, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo. They can all block trades, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, like KCP, for example, will block the theoretical trade to Memphis for Andre Iguodala. And quite frankly, if Rich Paul even allowed him to say right. okay to that, but you know what, you still even if you put in, you still have to add other stuff just to make the money work with Iggy because he makes 17 million. It's it's you start robbing Peter to pay Paul. right. It's like okay, so you trade Danny Green. How does that help you? No. Doesn't help um, you at all, right? So you have guys like you say that can veto trades that probably would. Um, if there was any anybody who wanted to make the argument that LeBron or Rich Paul was just trying to service the interest of LeBron, encouraging KCP, right, right, because it's not like he's not playing. Were he buried here? Going yeah, like into la- a last year, there were reports that KCP was interested in potentially being moved because he wasn't happy with his role and his playing time fluctuated wildly. This year, he right he's now playing. he's starting. Right, and he's going to be he's going to be a guy who plays on a championship potential championship right. team. Nobody wants a starter, on and, a, and nobody it, wants to get traded right. away from if, that. If KCP actually signed off on that, which means Rich Paul allowed him to sign off on it, that would only further that narrative that at the end of the day, Rich Paul only cares about servicing right, exactly. LeBron, exactly, and it would undercut him as an agent. Right. So that's that's what I was getting at. So it's like you that's it's going to be really hard for them. They need Kuzma to be better. 
as a we've had the debate whether it's just as a scorer i'd be happy with that the full all-around game obviously like you've pointed out Andy, makes them a significantly better team but you know avery bradley's three-point shooting needs to improve and you know danny green the slump that he's in now needs to end like they're going if they're going to roll into the playoffs as a really big two you know the two of the best four players in the league at worst with a bunch of role guys who can step up when needed and play those then they have to be able to do that and right now it's still just a little bit shaky i think in terms of what that what that looks like um you know it's not shaky Andy. what talk a lot about physical fitness yes Uh, but there's another side of the game that's just as important i'm talking about mental fitness yeah calm a lot yeah calm the number one app for sleep and meditation they've teamed up with lebron james he's on the lakers to help you train your mind yeah lebron and calm know that that your mind is like any other muscle in your body and calm can help train your brain so you can sleep better have less stress perform at your best let me tell you something as a person brian and you know this i suffer from sleep issues oh yeah and i'll be up so do i yeah it's well, the difference, though, between you and me is you're often kept up by an infant. I'm kept up because I can't sleep, and I, I battle insomnia. You know, an, an app like Calm can make the difference. It's you a, it's you, a should, big you deal. should do that. I mean, LeBron, if it's good enough for LeBron, Andy, it might actually be too good for you. <laughs> yeah. They, calm, calm. You know what, though? I think Calm, actually, they care about my mental well-being, and they want to see me sleep better. Uh, man, I, I think that's true. It's and for everybody. It's it, not, it, we want to make it clear. It's for everybody. It's not just for LeBron. No. It's for LeBron and for you too. And for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using uh, Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at Calm.com. That's Calm.com backslash forum. That's Calm.com backslash forum for Forum Club. You unlock the content to help you focus, you ease stress, and you sleep better. Get started at Calm.com backslash forum. That's Calm.com backslash forum. All right, so speaking of LeBron, he... um did something that rich people can do he left work to fly to watch his kid play a game and then flew back to work like on his own dime presumably not the taxpayer <laughs> it would be a very bad be weird. use of tax it would money. be a terrible use of taxpayer money. very unfair uh, <laughs> but so he went to watch his, his son Bronny play in a very cool high school game uh, between Sierra Canyon, which is where his kid plays out here in in, uh, in L.A., and LeBron's alma mater, um, Saint Vincent, Saint, Saint, Vincent Mary. Saint Mary's, and so yeah, it was a really it was a unique game in every way. It was a unique opportunity. To it was in Columbus. LeBron. It was in Columbus. So LeBron had the day off. He'd missed a bunch of his kids' games, and he talked about that after the uh, the Orlando game Friday. Flew out to Columbus I mean, on Miami Saturday. Or, I'm sorry, the Miami game. Thank you. Flew to Columbus. For the game on Saturday, flew back to Atlanta for the game uh, on Sunday. It was cool. Like he's, Bronny won MVP, and LeBron was there, and he's you know a big nervous dad, and all this other stuff, and yelling and screaming on the sidelines and all that. It's just it's one of these things that, and in, in LA, we've kind of been talking about these questions because with uh, Lavar Ball and Lonzo about like dad and kids sports. And I, it is a very different space that LeBron is occupying, but it's still kind of fascinating because, you know, LeBron's presence creates media, creates attention, creates pressure, creates whatever it is around his kids' games. And so his choices are either sort of don't show up 
and miss out on that. And his son misses out on the opportunity to have his dad there, which is something everybody who plays sports wants. Or you add this extra layer to every game that he plays. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN, who's been covering uh, Bronny's season at Sierra Canyon, uh, Dwayne Wade's son, Zaire, also plays on his team. He's a senior, Bronny's a freshman. And Brian Windhorst, for people who don't know, he covered LeBron in high school. So he's been around around. in his family for a couple decades now. And if you read some of his recent reporting or listen to his appearance on ESPN Daily, the podcast with Mina Kimes, one of the things that Windhorst has stressed is that LeBron is trying to give Bronny a sense of normalcy with his high school career that LeBron himself didn't have, you know, in the early 2000s when his career was an absolute circus then. And, you know, LeBron has said that he regrets making Bronny a LeBron Jr. because of everything that comes with sharing that name. But on the surface... Because his other son's name is Bryce. Yes. But on the surface... like one of them. I think he's... Whatever it is. Yeah, Bryce. Bryce and Bronny. Three kids. Yeah, the third's a daughter. Right. I just wasn't sure if it was three boys and a girl or two boys and a girl. It's two boys and a girl. Uh, to the best of my knowledge. Just like me. Um, yes. One of the me. many ways that LeBron is just like me. Um, but like it butts up against the idea of, you know, helping arrange this type of hyped game. And, you know, the, LeBron did have a role in making this happen. He, he signed off on it. You know, the, these type of high school games that get televised and hyped are, are quite literally an industry now. And, you know, LeBron's uh, media outlet, Uninterrupted, has been doing a documentary about Bronny's high school career. And things like that seem like on the surface, they would butt up against the idea of trying to add more normalcy, more calm, you know, not trying to make this too big for Bronny, especially as the son of LeBron James. But from their perspective, it's about just controlling the hype, which right. they feel like is going you to be there. You have much more control than regardless. You're the one telling the story. And, you know, Le- Bronny doesn't do interviews. He's not, he's, he's not really not allowed to. They're not having him do any media. Um, by they, you mean LeBron, LeBron not Sierra right, Correct. Um, he, LeBron, when, because he gets asked a lot, like, do you want to stay? As recently as Friday night, was asked again, do you want to stay in the league until Bronny is in the NBA? And he's quick to point out, freshman in high school. Um you know, if he's lucky enough to have the opportunity, maybe we'll, you know, we'll see. I, he deflects the question and diffuses the the pressure on Bronny to make the NBA, which, by the way, that the, the he talked about not having the pressure of the name. He probably wishes he was like Trace Thompson, like Mikey, Michael's kid. Uh, you know, if you, if you listen to LA, uh, LA radio and LA basketball, uh, Michael Thompson's son, Trace, is, you know, Clay, Michael Thompson, the father, the of, Clay father of Clay, as another son who plays baseball. And in some ways, I wonder if that's just, you know, it's easier. These kids genetically, a lot of times, carry, you know, a lot of good stuff with them. And they can, they're great at sports. But, like, do you want to excel where it's not even like your dad's really good and was a pro? Like, your dad is, it is literally going to be almost impossible for you to be better. Yeah. You could be good. You could have a really nice career play for 15 years, you know, and you could be a Hall of Famer and you won't be as good as No, I mean, it it can cut both ways. I mean, we've seen, you know, Clay Thompson has had a more successful career than Michael. Yes. Michael would be the first to admit this. Steph Curry has been better than Dell. Del Curry. No question. No Dell was good. But, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. does not seem, seem to be on the track that Tim Hardaway seems No, he's going to have a long, nice, long yes, career and exactly. make plenty but of I mean, money. You have Glenn Robinson the third is not as good as Glenn Robinson the regular. Right. Um, you know, I mean, there there are plenty of guys who 
can't quite Gary Payton the second uh who plays on the G League team for the Lakers isn't you know he's he's been in the league but he's not Gary Payton you right. carry that and literally carrying that name around I I don't know what the right answer here is and I I I am broadly very careful about criticizing how other people parent uh the Lavar thing I think was different especially over the last couple of years because Lavar made his parenting almost insisted that you make it a, a point of, of debate and, and evaluate it. And I was critical of him. That's not really what LeBron is doing. Um, I don't think. And, you know, he shows up to games. He knows he's that cameras are there when he shows up to games, he knows it brings extra attention to Bronny and all that kind of stuff. But I do think, and I've heard people say he, it'd be better for Bronny if he doesn't come because it's too much of a circus. I think it's an easy thing for somebody on the outside to say it's better for a kid if his dad doesn't. Because Bronny doesn't, I mean, he's aware of who his dad is. That's his dad. The way he thinks of LeBron James is different than the way we think of LeBron James. And the kid, if he didn't want dad at the games because it was too much, too much pressure, and he told him LeBron wouldn't show up. I tend to agree. I don't think he would show up. No, I tend to agree that would be the case. And I mean, you mentioned Lavar with this. He before. wants his dad. He like every kid. He he likes his dad to be there to watch him play. Well, I mean, the, and plus, it's probably really cool for the rest of the team. I'm sure it is. I mean, you mentioned before the 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 difference in the way we're talking about this, and you know, just to clarify in case anybody doesn't understand this, I mean, neither one of us is looking to criticize LeBron, and I say this just because. There have been I times. Where, I don't. I don't think in this particular case there's anything to criticize. Sure, but for. I mean there have been people who've criticized LeBron for, in their opinion, inserting himself into yes, this. Yes, I disagree I, with that. Right, I, I disagree with it as well because I. I don't. There's nothing really self-serving for LeBron in this equation the way it clearly was with Levar Ball, and and you know I've written about this for the Athletic. Certainly talked about it on Seven Ten. Yeah, you know, no, but, there's no. Right. But I mean, but LeVar has very clearly first, I think, first and foremost, prioritized his own star in everything that he's done with Triple B and everything that he's done in managing Lonzo and Jello and Mello's career. I think it has been first. It's always been about him. Yes. And validate me exactly. validate my approach my way of doing things right it validate the my ability yes. to run what ultimately turned into a Ponzi scheme of a company. But LeBron doesn't need to be doing any of that. I mean, if you want to debate whether, you know, the nuanced argument, I guess, of whether or not, for example, a documentary serves Bronny well or not, I guess we won't know until either it's done or you know, down the road how Bronny seems to be developing both as a player and a person. But LeBron doesn't benefit anything Not from really, it. Like, no. It, I mean, his company, I mean, it's his, uninterrupted it, is his gig. But. Right, but I mean, you may have noticed LeBron's got a pretty good little entertainment thing going right now. Like, yes. he, do, he doesn't need it. So, at, at worst, I mean, like, at worst, and I'm not even making this argument, but at worst, you could say that LeBron is perhaps misjudging the situation in creating a documentary, but you can't make the argument that no, he's not, exploiting it's not a reality show. It's not, right. it's not tabloidy because no, I mean no again LeVar is LeVar is a tabloid yes and it's by a, design it's a shock guy it's every all news is good news I'm gonna go say outrageous things and all this stuff if you LeBron you I guess like I said you can argue he's exploiting the 
the place that his son is in or, or that I mean, to be able to create this content. But I do think there is a, a really is something to being able to control the messaging in the ways that they can by taking, assuming it's going to happen in one form or another and taking, look, it. Somebody, maybe Bronny likes it. Look, I mean, Bronny may like it, but it, I mean, somebody ended up filming LeBron's entire time in high school and making a documentary out of it. And like apparently Sierra Canyon as a high school is really good at dealing with this sort well, of thing. Well, they're used to athletes. They're, they're used well, to high-profile athletes. Well, they're, they're used, used to, to high-profile people. I was going to say, they're used yes. to high-profile students. They make, you know, unlike, say, the NCAA, they make no attempt to have their students, you know, tone down their branding, tone down their social media perception or, or presence. You know, they, they just feel like, look, this is, for a lot of these players, this is what they're going to be stepping into. We should be a part of the preparation process. And either way, it's just, it's just an interesting, I, I think, conundrum. I, I imagine for LeBron in there's a lot no, of ways. There's no perfect way to do it. Because right. either, again, you're either depriving your child. Take the documentary out of it for a second. Take some of the other the media stuff, whatever. I mean, for the, clearly, the kid is good and is able to play. And he won the MVP of, the, of, of that game and, and, and stuff. And so, I mean, it's not like he's being propped up. No. You know, you know, the kid can play. And, no and, he, and he can play on a really good team. And this was right. something that LeBron, you know, LeBron, when he played on his team in high school, like he was far and, you know, he was far, not just far and away he's, the best he's player. He's be the best player on the team. No, but I mean, but forget just being the best player. Like he was really the reason that they won those games. Like he truly made everybody around them better. As far as I, I mean, I don't, I no, no, I mean, I, I, I'm telling you from right. what I've, read about it from you know from what people who documented those carried, teams carried say. those guys right sierra canyon like these are legit stacked teams like this team would be good whether brawny played or right. not and just you you are you're making a choice to where either the dad get should be involved in a in his child's life and remember lebron essentially grew up fatherless or that you know, the son doesn't have the opportunity to have his dad at his games. And it doesn't matter if your dad is LeBron James, you want, you know, you, the royal you, being any, most kids who have supportive, non-abusive parents, and LeBron is hardly that, like, he's an encouraging dad. You want your dad at the game. Yeah. You want, you don't want, you don't want to, like, if, It'd be worse, I think, to be the son or daughter of a famous person where you already have to give up a lot of your parent to the world anyway, to fame and to their jobs where they're gone a lot and all these other things. It would be even worse if you have to compound that by saying, well, now they can't come to anything that I do. Yeah, completely agree. So um, anyway, it, 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 it's kind of a, it's a, it's a problem that I will never have. <laughs> my children will never have. And, well, no, in our um, case, our children want us to stay as far away from the things that they do publicly as possible. And I understand. Yeah. I get where they're coming from. Hey, man, I've been coaching the soccer and it shows in their <laughs> game. Um, one thing before we go, I, I really interesting nugget the, uh, that has come out of the, the NBA. The Knicks are really bad, Andy. That's not the interesting thing. We expect that. They're 6-21. and 21. They lost Sunday night again. Um. Their four game, the first four games of their four game road swing in, through the West Coast. Interestingly enough, all four of them came on Star Wars night at the opposing arena. Four straight games, where each arena they go into, and Sunday night it was Denver. It was Star Wars night. 
It's pretty crazy. I don't know what the math is on that, but it's got to be one in a billion. I actually did the math, and it's approximately 3,720 to one. No, it's more than that. No, it's I three. I know C-3PO. Don't ever tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. Sorry about that. Um, I was hung up on the fact the number was too low. Um, we also, I also want to thank people. Asteroid field for people who didn't get <laughs> um, Empire. I mean, no, if you have to explain it that much, then these are people who don't watch Star Wars. I do want to say thank you to people because last week we talked about uh, Baby Yoda on The Mandalorian and it raised all kinds of questions for me about the presence of more Yodas because it never occurred to me that there was more than one of these things, but it probably should have because where the hell did that one come from? And I, I was like, where are the girl Yodas? Where is Yoda planet? Where is all this other stuff? And people tweeted us almost immediately after hearing the, the episode of the podcast that if you go back to episode one and the, the Jedi Council where yes. they're all there, there is a girl Yoda sitting... She probably finds that sexist in the meaning to be referred to as Girl Yoda, but her name is Yaddle. She doesn't get a lot of screen time. No, I don't think Blink, she has any dialogue. Bl- no, blink and you miss her. It's very much, I think there's a lot of the same sort of consternation that there was about uh, what's her name's role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, Margot Robbie. You know, Margot Robbie didn't get enough speaking, or like Anna Paquin in her new movie, it, it, The I, Irishman, I, doesn't I, get enough to talk about. Like, why this. didn't Yaddle get more to say? I've seen both of those films. Comparatively, they're the stars. Right, uh, compared to Yaddle. Yeah, Yaddle has no even so Anna I think Paquin somebody somebody cut together and sent it to us a a supercut of all the Yaddle scenes. It's like eleven seconds yeah. long. But she's there. Mm-hmm. And then that got me to thinking, do you think they were dating? Yoda and Yaddle? Yoda and Yaddle. And then I looked it up and the answer is they shouldn't be because that's forbidden in the Jedi Order. Remember, Anakin, actually, this is why. Anakin got into a lot of trouble, not because he was a terrible actor, um, but because he turned to the dark side in part because of his uh, his feelings for Padme and how that w- that went sour. Right. Um, so that was problematic. So they don't want those sorts of attachments. But what <laughs> if they just were, you I mean, know, <laughs> do, y- do Yoda and Yaddle, like if they're- What know. if they were just keeping it casual? <laughs> like you know it's it's purely sex she's got needs he's got needs and let me tell you something it would be very because i would never date a jedi because you'd always be worried about mind tricks Mm -hmm. do i really want indian food tonight or are you just telling me this isn't the the buffet you're looking for wait but was yaddle a jedi too how else is she getting in the order she's in the jedi council yes she's a jedi what do you think? She was an intern? No, no, no. Secretary? I, just, I, I, sexist forgot, I forgot. I forgot that it you know, was. A, the only way you get in the room is by being. I forgot that it was a Jedi council. I thought it was just a council. I didn't no, know it was like Jedi an inter- Okay. They I, all get their little chairs. No, no. I get in. it. I just forgot that it was a Jedi yeah, council. So I, mean, I think if you were to date, Jedi could only date other Jedi. I would think you just tell HR. You, <laughs> you, inform, you inform HR of the, your relationship. I and Yaddle and I are entering yes, into like a relationship. You, ha- you have to let them know. I. It would really help, by the way. If Yoda was not Yaddle's direct boss or vice versa. Like, I, I think if they're both working under somebody. Or, right. Or is that is that how it works? I don't know. What's the hierarchy here? I, I don't know. And I, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know and go down the rabbit hole. I'm no. just saying, I think if. I mean, I, I didn't even know Yaddle was there. If, so. As long as Yoda was not Yaddle's direct boss or vice versa. I think if you alert HR to the relationship, well, that's, like a, that, given. That, that's but, a given, but that often happens like in corporate America, like, you know, it's frowned upon to be dating 
colleagues. But if it does happen, because you know you, the heart wants what it wants, it, it, right? But Andy, you, you don't you don't fish in the company pond. No, I get that, but I'm saying sometimes these things are uncontrollable, especially when the company explicitly uh, forbids exactly. And but dating. these things happen. You at least just have to let people know about it. I think if Yoda and Yaddle got caught at the Christmas party, <laughs> you know, Canoodling? going at it, like in a, in a noodling, because <laughs> yeah. everything everything in Yoda world starts with a Y. <laughs> Yes, if they were going like noodling in a broom closet or something <laughs> which, at the Christmas which, party, they wouldn't even need a whole broom closet. <laughs> They're we. <laughs> True. I mean, I mean, don't ju- don't judge the book by its cover. They'll sure. take you out. But I'm just saying. I just, I, they'll really, it got to me. There are two reasons: the attachment thing and the turning to the dark side, like we saw with Anakin, because that. Sure obviously had negative consequences for the galaxy yes so like one jedi goes out on like four dates falls in love it's pro it is a problem you should limit it to just sex <laughs> <laughs> definitely like really truly genuinely commitmentless yes almost cold <laughs> like really emotionless like Nobody, just, nobody spends the night at someone else's No, place. you do not sleep over. You don't. Yeah. You, Yoda doesn't keep a toothbrush at Yaddle's. <laughs> Yaddle doesn't keep a toothbrush at Yoda's. Nobody has an extra it, key. This is transactional <laughs> yes. because Jedi work is stressful. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, you need to blow off some steam somewhere. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but you just, you can't, you have to, or you have to date, so I guess somebody like Jabba, who makes it very clear your Jedi mind tricks don't work on us. Sure. But you can't date a stormtrooper. <laughs> it's just, it's too easy. Um, anywho, thanks to everybody for tweeting in this stuff about Yaddle. Um, if you happen to know more about where Yoda's come from, um, <laughs> <laughs> presumably a stork, but if you, if you happen to know more about like just Yoda world, does everyone there, do they only have one letter? Um, I am now fascinated by this. They're like the Kardashians with K. Right. Um, Again, first name, last name. There's a lot of stuff that's still not cleared up, but I do now know there's more than one. Yeah, maybe so with each that. podcast moving forward, we'll have just a little more information. Just a little bit more. The onion will get peeled slightly deeper. And you have to tweet us, by the way, and, and alert us because it's very clear we're not going to go out and Google this probably pretty easily. No, I tried, but like- really? A little bit. But like, I don't know, some of, the, some, of the, some of this is like deep web stuff. Like, you, like it's not just like a quick Google search you might not find if you put the wrong search terms in. Okay. Um. Like, you know, if you tweet or if you Google, were Yoda and Yaddle doing it? Like, they don't always come up with Very the right specific. answer. Um, anywho, so uh, we'll be back. I think we're going to try to come back Thursday after the big uh, Milwaukee game. Yeah, that should be a fun game. Both games this week uh, on the rest of the trip, really fun games. We didn't really get a chance to talk about them. But um, Indiana, really good team. A nice test ahead of, obviously, Thursday's main event. And we will try to be back, talk about that uh, and the results Um, because it's really more for fun than anything it doesn't really matter who wins that game in terms of who's going to win in the finals or something like that it is just kind of a fun little measuring stick and see who shows up to play and all that Um, and we'll try to come back after Thursday's game and we will see everybody next time thanks thanks